You're listening to SBS News. As reports were coming in that Israeli forces had returned to northern Gaza, Qatar and France said they had mediated a deal to allow the delivery of medications to around 45 of the more than 100 Israeli hostages held in the enclave by Hamas. This is the first agreement between the two sides since the November collapse of a week-long ceasefire under which 105 hostages were released. Sharon Alani Cunio, who with her two daughters was among those freed, is campaigning for the release of her husband David, taken captive with them from their kibbutz by Hamas militants in their October 7 attacks. She has recounted the conditions of her capture. No air, no water, no food and no medicine. No words exist to describe the hell we have been through. My daughters had to pee in the sink to poop in a trash can for 52 days. There were days that I had nothing to give them when they cried. Their eyes were wet with tears. Their precious voices were weak from hunger. The deal will again see much-needed humanitarian aid as well as medicine enter Gaza, where a UN-backed report in December said all of Gaza's 2.3 million people faced crisis levels of hunger, with aid distributed unevenly through the region. The UN estimates 1.9 million people have now been internally displaced, with the population facing power and communications blackouts and the shutdown of most of its hospitals, according to WHO assessments. Zubaydah Abu Amra lives in Rafah, near where aid has entered through the border with Egypt. She says the food being distributed is not enough to feed her family. I come here at 9 o'clock and I stay from 9 until 12. I stay until 12 and then I take the food to my children and leave. Some eat and some don't. The food is not enough for them. The situation is difficult for us. It's a struggle. My child asks for meat and I say to him, where can I get you meat from? He asks for meat and chicken. Where can I get this for you? In northern Gaza, Israeli tanks have stormed back into parts of the region they left last week, reigniting some of the most intense fighting since the new year. Massive explosions could be seen, and the rattle of gunfire reverberated across the border through the night, while Israel's Iron Dome defences shot down rockets fired by militants across the fence. Hamas's health ministry said the bodies of 158 people killed in Israeli strikes have been brought to hospitals in the past 24 hours, bringing the death toll after 100 days of war to almost 24,300 people. Fears the conflict would inflame tensions in the wider region have now been realised. In Yemen, the US military says it has carried out a new strike against Houthi targets as the Iran-backed rebel group said it had fired missiles at another commercial vessel in the Red Sea. The Houthis' military spokesman, Brigadier General Yahya Sarraya, says the attack on the Greek-owned Zagrafia was aimed at supporting the Palestinians in the conflict in Gaza. The targeting came after the ship's crew rejected warning calls, including warning shots. The Yemeni Houthi armed forces continue to implement the decision to prevent the navigation of Israeli ships or those associated with the Israeli enemy in the Red Sea and Arabian Sea until the aggression is stopped and the siege on the steadfast Palestinian people in the Gaza Strip is lifted. US National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan has defended the strike, which follows dozens carried out by US and UK forces, backed by countries including Australia. He says the U.S. anticipated the Houthis would keep up their attacks, calling for an all-hands-on-deck effort to end them. We mobilized a coalition of countries to take strikes to degrade the Houthis' capabilities so their ability to mount 
sustained and complex attacks becomes more difficult over time. But we did not say when we launched our attacks they're going to end once and for all. The Houthis will be fully deterred. Alarms have rung elsewhere in the region with the news that Iran had struck what it says were Israeli espionage targets in Iraq, as well as purported Islamic State targets in northern Syria. When asked about Iran's assertion it had struck a Mossad site, an Israeli government spokesperson said he would not speculate on reports coming from beyond Israel's borders. What I will say is that uh, Iran continues um, to use its proxies to attack Israel on multiple fronts. We condemn Iran's activities and we call on the international community to stand up in defiance of Iran and call for peace in the region as soon as possible. But speaking at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Jordanian Prime Minister Bashar Kassone has suggested Israel is deliberately adding to regional tensions. He has warned Israel against any attempts to create a mass displacement of Palestinian refugees to Jordan. This is a clear violation again of Article 2 of the Jordan-Israel Peace Treaty. Uh, and this not only attempts to basically dilute the prospects and endanger the prospects of arriving at a two-state solution, uh, but also it poses existential threats to the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan that we will have to react to in that, uh, in that, uh, in that context. And we hope that we never arrive at that, uh, at, at that point. Foreign Minister Penny Wong travelled to Jordan on Monday night, the first stop on this week's Middle East trip, before visiting Israel and the occupied Palestinian territories. She used a press conference to announce $21.5 million in humanitarian funding for Gaza and the refugee crisis, nearly doubling Australia's contribution, calling on all nations to work together towards peace. We come from different parts of the world. There are some very different perspectives. But I hope that the international community can work towards a just and enduring peace, in which Israelis live in peace and security and Palestinians are able to achieve their legitimate aspirations. Penry Buckley, SBS News.